For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If we please turn our Bibles to the book of John, um, chapter 9, from verse 39. John, chapter 9, from verse 39. I'll read 39 to 41. He says, And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to Jesus, Are we blind also? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say we see, therefore your sin remains. This is Jesus. He says, if you were blind, that's what we're focusing on. Verse 9. He says, then you would have no sin. He says, but now you say, we see, therefore your sin. You could say, therefore your situation remains the same. And if you think about it, if you were to blindfold yourself now, someone to blindfold you now, and you walk this room as small as it is, to and fro, in a narrow line, even hundred times. Just think of it. After a hundred times or after a few times, you think you are comfortable a bit that somehow you can. You think. But they now say run. Will you comfortably run? You won't. You'll be careful to say, ha, huh, could there be an obstacle on the floor? Did I miscalculate? Could I miscalculate? Even though I knew I took 10 steps to and fro, 100 times, you'll be cautious. And that is the state Jesus wants every single one of us to be. I remember watching a TV series um, by Apple, Apple TV, called C. And I'll encourage us, anybody that wants to watch something, it's just a C. And it's a simple the time of where the world at that time, everybody or 99.9% of the world became blind. Every child people gave birth to, they became blind. So after a season or call it a generation or two generations, nearly everybody were blind. And because they were blind, the, their listening was, was heightened. And they were great warriors than the people that were seen. That they don't take a move or take a step until they hear the wind or hear somebody or something, a pin drop, and they were great warriors. And as time went on, time with season were changing, then people were born that could see. And those people that were, could see thought they had the advantage that well, we can fight war and we can see. And, but when they went into the battle, the one that could see were defeated because they depended on the, their sight and felt they were skillful enough. Whereas the one that was blind depended on hearing and listening. That before that person that was seeing, even the air that were breathing, they could hear and they knew it was just beside the person here. You know, it's a fascinating TV uh, series. The, you know, the last season is coming up in a month's time. I'm looking forward to watching it. <laughs> so, but there's a season coming up. But I encourage you. I won't spoil this for you. It is going to be great. <laughs> Amen. But, you know, the honest truth is, that is the state 
that Jesus wants us to put ourselves in, even though we have sight to see. I'm sure some of us might know Stephen Wonders, or I don't know, you know, that was born blind and all that, but one of the greatest musicians, you know, all time as well. Hmm? Koban Asoko. Okay. Someone like that in Nigeria. There you go. Uh-huh. So we can see that such people, they didn't depend on sight, but they were depending on listening. That's why the Word of God says that we should be slow to speaking, quick to hearing. We don't walk by sight. You know, one thing that Jesus said in the book of 1 Corinthians 1, 27, says, but God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of this world to put to shame the things that are mighty. I was speaking to, I don't know what led to our conversation, myself and uh, Brother Imo was speaking yesterday as, as we were going home. I don't know what led to one conversation and the other conversation, but in a nutshell, I was just talking about that if you look at the generations now, and generations to come, the generation X, you know, and all that. And I said that many a times, because they believe they see, or let's use the word seeing, because seeing in the sense of could be um, you believe you know more, you believe you are well educated, you believe you are making more money, let's call it, than your parents, or your boss, or your colleagues, or colleagues. You believe all those things. So you believe that you are in a better position and in, the, in that place of work also, perhaps you have a couple of hundred people that work under you. So, naturally, when we say you, see, you, are, you feel you are seen, it means that you believe you have the capacity. So, therefore, you tend not to succumb to other authorities that somehow you feel you are well-educated above. That's what Jesus Christ is addressing here as well. When I say that, sometimes I look at that in the churches, on you know, and I said that, and I said, and again, people come to say, I'm just sharing from my heart now, that well, we are all equal before God. Jesus has come to tear the veil down, so everybody have access to this awesome God, just as you understand. Let me say all these things. And I, asked, and I asked questions about and I was talking to her, I said, that's why for me, when people come to say all those things, I said, as good, as much as it is true, I said, I just keep quiet, because the Bible says, answer a fool, and yet, the Bible says, don't answer a fool, because at times, you don't answer anything. The, the people talk, you say, oh yes, it's true, it's true, it's true, because when you answer them, you know, you end up going into unnecessary debates, because, and I said that, and I said that, which is kind of true, but, the question is, is there democracy in heaven? And I asked that question. They said no. Oh, so God speaks. So God did not take permission before man was created, even though God, the Trinity, even Jesus does not even know when the end time is coming, but only the Father. And yet they are one. Am I right? I mean, let's look at things as they are. Then... And I said that if that is the case, we really are, since we are equal, then we should not have a prime minister or president. All of us should be president and you know, lead the nation or in your home. Be, you know, the wife, the children, everybody, since we all have the same access. Let's be. 
Don't, do you understand where I'm coming from? When your place of work too, because you're educated, be the boss. Everybody. Ah, no. I said, because we're all the same to say. You know? And I said that even in heaven, when John and James went to meet Jesus, they said, ah, grant us that we may sit one on your left and one on your right. That means they understood that in heaven there is a position that somebody at the end will be sitting at the left hand and at the right hand. So that place is there already. But Jesus said, it's not for me to give. Meaning that, ah, okay, but we're all, I mean, do you understand where I'm coming from? We're all the same, it is true. And yet, Jesus said, the 12 disciples, you'll be, you'll, you'll be judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Ah, ah but, but, ah. Then we now have 24 elders again. Ah, elders in heaven. So I say sometimes, you know, as much as this is not true, we get carried. As I use the word, sometimes we think we are seen. When we think we are seen, that's when pride, that's what the Bible says. You know, once there is pride, pride comes before the fall. That is when we begin to fall. Because we don't understand the principle. Even Jesus himself, though in, 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 in Philippians chapter 2, we read it. From the beginning, verse 9, all the way to, from the beginning to 11. He says, even though he was equal with God, he understood. He says, he made himself of no reputation, but brought himself down and surrendered to the will of the Father. Even though, in a way, he's equal, but he stooped low. And he's stooping low, the Bible says in verse 9, God now gave him the name above every other name. That he conquered. And every name, anybody that mentioned his name, every knee bowed, both in heaven, earth, underneath the earth. He did. Because he understood. And he has come to show us the way. And sometimes, you know, the things of this world, we get carried away. And I was just talking generally, and I said that it, it made me wonder why that the general of Asia, not the, chief, the president general of Asia, but the, the, the gentleman that God used to start this mission, the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Parking Diomi, he was a complete illiterate, bottom line. If anybody have watched the, 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 the inception of this church, of, this, of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, the man could not read, neither could he write. And yet, you had a PhD, a mathematician, a doctorate, the most, let's call it, he was earning more money than all the people in the churches. He now became an interpreter for an illiterate. Does it make sense? Well, that's the reality. That is true. He became an interpreter, interpreter for someone that does not read and someone that does not write. There's so many things that we can learn. And today, look at where he is. It wasn't by election. <laughs> it wasn't by vote. <laughs> it was God. It was God. So people can sing and talk how wonderful the man is. 
but he paid his own price. He humbled himself. He acted as one that is not seen, even though he could see. He robbed. That's why Apostle Paul, you know, if you read, let's go into the scripture. Let's read um, the book of Acts, um, chapter 9. And I'll quickly read from verse 1 because of time. Acts chapter 9. The word of God says there, he says, Then Saul, this was Paul, then Saul, still breathing threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to, um, for, from him to the synagogue of Damascus, so that, he, he, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the gold. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the man who journeyed with him stood speechless. The man who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but, not, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. You can just imagine a man that could see. This was one that was learned. The Bible says that he, he led under one of the, uh, uh, is it Gamaliel? Uh, one of the great teachers of the world of that time. And he thought he was doing the work of God. By going to persecute Christians. But by the time Jesus appeared to him, when he realized that he thought he was seen and yet was not seen, he succumbed. He humbled himself. He submitted to God. That is why for him, he said that everything that I've achieved have counted loss for the upward, for, for greater works to, to do for the Lord Jesus Christ. That every accomplishment, it was as if he had not achieved anything. And that is why we are not so surprised that, and I'm not trying to compare, I don't want us to think as if I'm comparing, but someone that never met Jesus when he walked the face of the earth, but because he understood those principles, he wrote better part of the New Testament, even better than the so Apostle Peter that, you know, that spent time with Jesus, that made, even Jesus made him the head of the church. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Because he understood. He always walked. That's why I said, anything I gain, yesterday is gone. Today is today. I forget everything about yesterday. So now, Lord, I'm not seeing. Thank you for yesterday. But today, I know the achievement yesterday was, was good, all that. But right now, today, God, I have no sight for today. My, your sight is my sight. What you say, what you say is what I will do. That is what Apostle Paul was doing. And that's the level that Jesus wants us to do. And it has to be intentional. It doesn't come naturally for many. Or for, 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 for greater numbers, let me put it that way. But for the rest, for majority, we have to be intentional. Not everybody loves study. It doesn't mean... That you don't love to, it doesn't mean you can't come out an A class or do you understand? But if you're intentional about it, intention about it, if you have great intention and great focus, you will achieve that. 
That is the truth. You know, and remind me of the city of Kela, uh, you know, um, in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 23, from verse 1 to 5. This is a city in Judah where, if you remember that, the story, uh, when, what was his name? Saul was chasing uh, David up and down. And David had already gone to uh, surrender himself to the Philistines and was with them. And there was a city under siege by the Philistines. And David wanted to go and help. And he went there. And he helped the city. And the next thing, Saul heard that he was in Keilah, that's in Judah. And it was a gated city. And Saul said, good. Now he's boxed in. We're going to get this man. And can you imagine that a man that has helped a city, delivered a city. Thank God that it was a man that every time he takes a decision, he wants to move, take a decision. He doesn't work based on what he thinks is right. Because if imagine you became the savior of a, a village or so, I'm sure you would think the village would be singing your praises for a long time. Even though they are singing your praises, how you deliver them. Naturally, you will never think anybody will, how would I put it, um, what's the right word now? We betray you. That is why the scripture says that Jesus understood men and he knows the ways of men. But he never gave himself to men because he understood men. That, that's why the Bible says we can't put our trust, our trust in princes, in horses, in man, in anyone, only but God. That means to do so means that we must always constantly be willing, intentional about it, to hear him at every given time of our lives. That's why the Bible says, and please don't take it or that because don't take it. Um, in a negative way. You know, the Bible says, Jesus says, you know, that, you know, he says, husband will be against wife, wife will be against this. Because you don't, look at Job. When crunch time came, the wife said, cross, cross God and die. Because we all work in progress. That's why the word of God says, work out. He didn't say, I should work out my wife, my children's salvation. Jesus said, me. I must work out. I will encourage them, show them the word, teach them the word, but as they do that, they should work out their own salvation because at Judgment Day, as we've read and, you know, and all that, everybody will answer alone. Your teacher in school will teach you. you at work, you'll be taught. Those who are driving, you'll be taught how to drive. But on the day of the uh, test, you sit alone with the instructor, I mean with the test the person that taught you is not sitting with you. You answer alone. And that is how it is. So that's why the Bible talks about, you know, that the sons of Issachar, we heard, you know, they knew last week, they knew, they knew the time and they knew what Israel had to do. The Berean Christians, you know, when they hear the word, they go back themselves to search and understand the word for themselves. But how many of us Take time and be intentional about it and make it our number one priority. But sometimes we are too busy and I understand. And the honest truth is that it will get busier. But it's not left for us to prioritize, to choose what we want to do. Now, for example, I have a friend who is a pastor, a doctor in this land. When he realized that the work of God, I mean, 
the, his work that he's doing was taking so much time. He decided to take a pay cut so that he can um, focus on the work of God, so that the work of God is not neglected. But that was a sacrifice he had to do. Whereas we have some other people too, who are men of God too, perhaps some of them are taxi drivers, but sometimes they work overnight. And from night, they come to church. I have somebody else I know that's a doctor as well. The wife said, was so discouraged that at some point, um, because from night shift, she comes to, to pastor. Let's just say that way. So he wasn't giving his best. But he had to provide for his home too. So we understand all these things. But as I say, it's all about your priorities. We look at where the world is today. They've encouraged some people to take extra jobs so that you can pay your bills. With the electricity bill coming, with the gas bill coming, with all those things, people are, you know, and all that. So some people might have to take extra. Mm-hmm. So that means you have less time in the Word of God, less time in your relationship, less time in the garden of the brethren to make bread. That's where the world is going to. So as I said, it will get busier. But it's all about your priorities. You see, God first. As the Bible says, seek when we seek God first in everything we do, all these things, somehow God makes things happen, makes things available, makes things easier if we will trust Him. The word there, trust Him. But anyway, in, the, in, in Kela, thank God for David who went to seek God's face. And I'll quickly read the latter part of that First Samuel chapter 23. I'll read from verse 6. Verse 6 says, So now it happened when Abita, the son of Amalek, fled. To David, fled to David at Kela, that he went down with the Hepford in his hand. And Saul was told that he had gone. My apologies, verse 4. Then David inquired of the Lord once again, from verse 4. And the Lord answered and said, Arise, go to Kela, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. And David and his men went there. And the fort, so before David went to deliver, God spoke to him. And the fort, and, you know, got the victory. But when... David heard that Saul knew he was, he was there. David, at the same time, went to inquire of the Lord. And what the Lord said from verse 9, Then David knew that Saul plotted evil against him. He said to Peter, the priest, bring the effort here. This was when David used to inquire about the Lord. He says, will the men of Caleb deliver me into his hand? Verse 11, will Saul come down as your servant has said, O Lord God of Israel, I pray, tell your servant. And the Lord said, he will come down. That is one. And David said, Will the men of Kela deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, They will deliver you. They will. But at that time, those men did not know they would deliver him. Even Samson, after he had delivered Israel, when the Philistines dealt with the, 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 the children of Israel, what? They came to beg Samson that, for us to have peace, we must deliver you. Do you understand where I'm coming from? And they, they did not bound Samson to deliver him to the Philistines. They did. They did. Because it's not that they are wicked. It's just that sometimes, let's say, has, has anyone ever told a lie? I'm sure we have a few saints. <laughs> now, the question is, Many a times, those, did you plan to tell the lie? No. But sometimes it was out of fear, you know, honesty. 
Do you, do you know? Sometimes, many times, let's not say, let's, let's not call the premeditated lie. You know, that one is different. But some lies that you thought, that you said that you were upset about it. Sometimes you wonder why, because you didn't even know that it was there. But something came out. Do you understand where I'm coming from? So, we can't blame these people. Because somehow, for the fear of what they feel they may lose, they are ready to give up the next person. Not that it was part of their nature, but it's just the nature of man. That's why the Bible says the heart of man is desperate. In Jeremiah, desperately wicked. Who can know it? Only God. And that's why we must look to God. I remember General Overseer, the pastor here at Jibo, you tell him else, he says he doesn't trust himself. Now imagine at that level, he says he. He doesn't trust himself. When a man at that level can say he does not trust himself, how much others? <laughs> the others I'm coming from. Meaning that every day he cries to God, come and help me, because the nature of man, as long as we are in this flesh, we would struggle. But as we hold on to him, then with him, all things are possible. Amen. So that is why we go back. But as I begin to bring the world to a close, if you just look at like Joshua, in Joshua chapter 6, the strategy, God gave them the strategy to defeat Jericho. They got. They didn't seek the Lord's face when they went in chapter 7 to Ai. And thus, you can read that on your own account. And they were defeated. They sought the Lord's face. But God would have told them, don't go because there is sin in the camp. That's what God would have told them. I'm not going with you. Why, God? Why won't you go with us? You've given us a victory because there is sin. They were not, innocent people would not have died. But they still, they still did not learn. And I don't want us to be such a people. Because imagine great Joshua. By chapter 9, the Gibeonite came. A city that God wants them to conquer. They deceived them. They, you know, they took, they, they put on rack, rack clothes, went and said, we have some people from a far distant land. We've come to you. And, you know, we want to make allegiance with you. And the elders, they all agreed without even inquiring, without seeking God's face. But let's just read it for accountability. You know, Joshua, if you read it, chapter 9. And I read quickly in the book of chapter 9 there. So the people have jumped to verse 9. It says, So they said to him, These are the, the Gibeonites, From a very far country your servants have come because of the name of the Lord your God. For we have heard of his, of his fame and all that he did in Egypt and all that he did, all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan. And verse 11 says, Therefore, our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spoke to us, saying, Take provision with you for the journey and go and meet them. Verse 12 says, This bread of ours we took hot, from our, hot for our provision from our houses on the day we departed to come to you. But, we, but now, look, it is dry and moldy. And these wineskins which we filled were new, I mean, which we filled were new, and see, they are torn. And these old garments and our sandals have become old because they, of the heavy, long journey. Then the men of Israel took some of their provision, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. So Joshua, Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them. They brought things that look, they prepared themselves. Those things were moldy. You understand everything. But he said they did not take counsel 
if you read, the, read it to verse 13 on your own, you understand that when they realized they were their neighbors, the people were offended. Israel, the, the elders were upset because they took, they did not inquire. And when we don't inquire, something that is ours can be lost. That is the truth. Because that nation belonged to Israel. But because they did not inquire, that which God had promised them, that promised land, somehow they could not take it. Because they had made peace. That's why when we go into business partnership, we, we pray about it. When we ask for help, we pray about it. We seek the Lord's face. When our children are going to school, we seek the Lord's face. Which school they should go to? Because it doesn't mean you have three children, five children. It doesn't mean as much as it is comfortable to put every one of them in one school. It doesn't mean they will all thrive in that school. Because God has destined them for who to meet concerning their friends. What will help them to, I mean, which school they will thrive the most. Only God has that answer. But in our understanding, it makes sense because it makes it easier. Why, don't you, why do you want to go to three school rooms when you can put them in one school? Do you understand where I'm coming from? We seek the Lord's face. Remind me also of a gentleman too, a lady, person that went to the state, left the country and went for greener pasture. I mean, because they were paying a lot of money. Probably call it, they were paying three times the salary one was earning here in Ireland, you know, in the medical field. And the person got to the state, got to medical field. Went there, worked. Not, God hasn't sent the lady there. But because of the money, drove the lady there. So imagine you're make, making 150,000 euros a year. And you're going somewhere, you're making almost half a million, over half a million dollars. That's not bad. That's the truth. It's not bad. <laughs> Three years down the line, something happened. And the person lost the license. And uh, they sued. And when they sued, I mean, I, I know of someone, my, 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 my older brother is a physician in the States, that if there is an error, they will sue the hospital. The hospital will pay. They will sue you, the doctor. So the doctor, who is working for the hospital, the hospital is taking an insurance. You, the doctor, you too must have your own private insurance. And if they sue, depending on how the sue is big, if, if the insurance you take doesn't cover, then they will come after your home. And if it's so bad, even though you get away, next time maybe an insurance will not insure you. Then are you going to... So if you're working, you're working on your risk. What I'm trying to say is that let God. It doesn't mean he looks good. It doesn't mean it is God. It makes sense. But let the Holy Spirit lead us at all times. But we must be intentional about it. We must. And as I round up with this story, sorry for taking so much time. This is true life story as well. A lady in the UK sought the Lord's face in the medical field, um, like nursing and that. And anyway, got, she resigned and went to take work for NHS. And NHS, as we know, don't pay brilliantly. I mean, from the news, I don't know. I don't have no NHS staff. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> that's one of the <laughs> complaints they're making. 
But anyway, she took the job and she didn't like the job. She didn't like it. But she obeyed God. She didn't like it. But she obeyed God. But she's someone that follows the word of God by God's grace that she puts her best. The Bible says, whatever your hands find to do, do with all your heart, all your mind, first in, last out. Did her best in everything. That when managerial position came, she didn't need to apply. And she got the job. I mean, they recommended her. And she got the job working. And the story is, by the time COVID came, and um, people were saying they didn't want to get vaccinated. If you remember, some people were saying they don't want to be the anti and all that. Some people had the COVID. As we know about the story of the COVID, if you have COVID, you have the antibodies somehow for X amount of time. You don't need to, even the, even the third you don't you don't need to take. You don't have to take the vaccine. So she was not anti. She took the vaccine, but she now became an advocate based on her position for people who don't want to be vaccinated, because the government was going to force everybody to be vaccinated in the healthcare. And God said, this is why I've put you, so that you get to that position, so that you can be an advocate and be a voice for the people that cannot speak. And she's enjoying what she's doing. All because she. God knows. And that's why we must just intentionally surrender to him, even though it is tough, even though it doesn't make sense, because as the word of God says, is our shepherd. He will not lead us astray. And as a round up here, as a bow our heads, the word of God says in John 10, 27, says, my sheep hear my voice. He says, I know them and they follow me. And the title of the word says, the blind. The question is, are you his sheep? Are you going to him as your father? Are you hearing his voice? Are you following him when he speaks? Are you following him? If you haven't, just repent today and ask him, Lord, I repent of, of my shortfallings. And right now, Lord, I come to you that all those instructions you've given, you've told me, Lord, I will start taking those decisions now. I will start, taking those, I will start putting those things in practice now. I will start doing them in the name of Jesus. Just grant me the grace. And peradventure, you're not hearing his voice. Lord, tell him, God, help me. I, I don't hear your voice, but I want to understand. I want to hear you. The grace to hear you, give to me in the name of Jesus. Whatever I need to do to hear you, whether to silence myself, to speak less, give me the grace. But above all, Father, give us, every one of us, the grace to be intentional, to seek in your face in everything we do, in our going out, in our coming in, in our places of work, in our movements, Lord, give us this grace to be intentional about it because we know that without any doubt, when you take the lead role in our life, we know we can never get it wrong. Because at the end, Father, we know that we will make it because you are the one leading the way. As we have surrendered our life, the grace to live a total surrendered life to you, Father, grant to every single one of us in the name of Jesus. Father, we just bless and praise you. For in Jesus' name.